Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. No, it's not your radio. That's supposed to be a sound effect. And uh, we are taking off today on the Savage Nation. So buckle, buckle yourself in. Get ready for a ride. Because I took the ride of my life yesterday. And I'll tell you something about it, not all about it. Now, as you well know, everyone who listens to this show and listens avidly knows that yesterday was one of the highest professional days of my life. I mean, there are a few days in your life that you will remember. Falling in love, getting married, having children, parents dying. Those are days you never forget, right? But then there are other days, the professional days, that come up into the uh, constellation of great stars in your astronomy. And yesterday was one of the great stars in the astronomy of Michael Savage's memory. And that is because I was invited by the president to join him at two fundraisers, which I'll tell you about. I met some of the greatest people I've ever met in my life. I don't know why I live where I live. I like live in hell. I live in a beautiful hell where there are so few realists and conservatives that you you start to wonder what the world is all, all about. And then you go to one of these these fundraisers, and you see people, ordinary people, great people, and you see the love for the president and the love for the savage nation that I never get every day. I sit alone in a room most of the time with a microphone and a dog who's 16 years old who is blind and deaf, and he's gotten old listening to the show, as many of you have. And I met people who I never knew listened to the show who said things to me like, you once said blankety-blank, and I remembered, and it was 15 years ago, or I see a young man, 25 years old, who says to me, well, I grew up as a kid listening to you, and I'm now a this or I'm now a that. You don't know what this is like. 
the compression of time, the accordion of time, has been talked about by philosophers, not by a talk show host. But that was the kind of day it was. And I can, I can only share some details with you, not all, as you can well understand. You're going to have more, far more questions than I am able to answer. But go ahead. Phone this show at 855-407-282. Phone 855-400-SAVAGE right now to get online because I guarantee you we're going to be sold out. And ask anything you like about my meeting with President Trump, my flight on Air Force One, the flight on the Osprey, and the crowds at the fundraisers. Anything you'd like. I can't answer all of your questions, but I can certainly take all of your questions. You understand what I'm saying? I can take them all. Because I learned things that I didn't know. Not only about this administration. You know, I'm in the media. So you would think I in the media should know better. But let me tell you something. I'm also an American consumer of the news and of the media. We all know we've never seen such a perversion of the truth as we have around this president. I learned things yesterday about his accomplishments that I never knew. You say, oh, well, you're just kissing his behind because you got an Air Force One. You're wrong. I'm thrilled that I was allowed an Air Force One. It's a great honor. But let me tell you something. I'm going to give you one example if you think I'm speaking in too many generalities right now. Have any of you heard about the right to try bill? I didn't, and I'm in the media. The right to try bill, I didn't even know what it was. But it was about giving patients the right to try experimental medicines, patients who are terminal and dying. And there's an experimental drug out there. But the drug companies were reluctant to let the patients use it for fear of liability and suits. The doctors wouldn't prescribe them for fear of being sued if the patient died. Well, the president made it possible for the pharmaceutical companies and the doctors to prescribe these drugs for people who are on their last legs, the right to try bill. Did you know anything about it? Did CNN tell you about the right to try bill that this president pushed through on his own? I'm giving you one example of something that I in the media didn't even know existed. I thought that I knew about the bias, certainly. I knew about the twisted psychotics in the media. I knew that. I didn't know the good stuff, and I thought I knew the good stuff, and I'm going to share some of it with you today. What do you think this meeting means for the president's relationship with you, the voter of the Savage Nation? What do you think it means? And... Do you think Trump should visit California and other blue states more often? I think he should, by the way. You cannot believe. Hey, something happened in New Mexico on the way to California that we heard about last night. He did a fundraiser, a rally, really, in a stadium, an auditorium in New Mexico. And you know what happened? Do you know what happened in New Mexico that Wolf Blitzer and those twisted, psychotic pieces of garbage never told you? The people whose... Oh, don't let me get started right now. I'd like to say things about Wolf Blitz's mother, but I won't. And the others, Jake Tapper, a disgrace to the human condition. Jake Tapper, a disgrace to the human DNA that was that he inherited for what they're trying to do to this country. They're in New Mexico. They do a fundraiser, a rally. 40% of the crowd was Hispanic. Did you know that? Robert, Jim, did you hear about that? 40% of the audience was Hispanic and 40% of the crowd were Democrats that came to see Donald Trump. I am telling you that there's a groundswell that's changed in this country, and I know why it's changed, because the other side has seen the psychosis of the Bernie Sanders wing of the Democrat Party, 
One has the teeth falling out. The other has the brain falling out. The other had the guts falling out. The other had the... I never saw anything like this. There is not a sane American amongst the Democrat candidates, not a single one. And so people who are rational, who are not zealots, maybe some Democrats have said, I've had enough with this party. Hispanics, whites, blacks, Asians, if you could hear about the people who were at these fundraisers, you'd say it's all lily white. Nothing wrong if it was, by the way. God bless white people. But it wasn't all white people. What if I tell you about the other people who were there? You won't believe this about the people who were there. Because I saw things that I couldn't believe and I thought I knew it all. But, you know, no one knows it all. And being on the ground with reality is much different than reading about it. Certainly much different than hearing about it. But I'm getting too far afield right now on the Savage Nation. I'm going to open this up to calls to the audience, which is what do you want me to to tell you. I cannot answer all of your questions. I will speak in generalities in most part, but I will tell you about the thrill of an immigrant son, me, being on Air Force One. You say, oh, what's a big deal? Well, if you're saying what's a big deal, please turn the show off. Please go away quietly. Please just go away if you don't know what it means. Many of you have seen Air Force One in movies, as I have. You've seen documentaries. Maybe you saw the movie Air Force One, which was a terrible movie done years ago with Harrison Ford. Wasn't he the one in that one? But the vastness of this flying thing in the sky and the numbers of people who make this run and the congeniality of the folks. Let me say this. Uh, that I can say in generality to those of you who are hard men out there, the hard men listening to the show, whether you work for the government or the police or the military, you hard men, you the backbone of America. I met men who you cannot make smile. They don't smile very easily. They don't smile at all. No matter how good the joke is, no matter how congenial you think you are, these men don't smile. And I'm not used to it because I'm kind of an entertainer guy in a way, and I've been used to making people smile since I'm a little kid in the Bronx. It's how I learned how to get around tough situations with a sense of humor. You can't use humor with certain people. (laughs) And what you do is when you face these hard men, and many of them know the show. I mean, I saw it as I was going on, you know, whether they were in one service or another. They just don't smile. And it's amazing to see how hard men can be in this world and good when you see so many weak psychotics everywhere you turn glorified by the vermin in the media their sick twin sisters with cameras and microphones it's frightening to pre- behold what our images abroad it's it's not you know it's not hard to understand why the psychotic muslim fanatics think that they can overwhelm us and kill us because if you are one of the psychos in LA who were not there yesterday at the home in Beverly Hills where I was at the fundraiser the second one it's easy to think americans And American men are nothing wimps, transsexuals, a hundred different genders, weak, psychotic, degenerate. It's very easy to come to that conclusion that no one would defend this great nation if you uh, only consume what's produced by the vermin in the media, whether it be in the news or, or the entertainment business. But when you actually see the hard men who are the backbone of America, it's quite a different experience. But wait, I'm getting ahead of myself again. Where shall I begin? I'll begin where I began again, by asking you, the audience of this show, to fire any question you want at me. You're going to uh, have more questions, far more than I can, uh, that I'm able to answer. 
But go ahead and call me at 855-400-SAVAGE, 855-407-282, and ask me anything you like about my meeting with President Trump, the flight about Air Force One, the flying on the Osprey from LAX to Santa Monica, and the crowds at the fundraisers. Go ahead. Make your day. Call the show. But where shall I begin? I've already begun the begin. I began the begin. And now where do I go? Tell me what you'd like to hear. Georgia, Dale, line one. You're the first up today on the Savage Nation. What's your question or comment? Hey, whenever uh, you saw the president, did he kind of give you the nudge and say, hey, uh, your non-boot-licking self, you have, I, <laughs> um, you're the only one that I, I've heard that criticized the president and at the same time fought for him. And no, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I, let me put it in, another, in, a, in a different way, but you did raise a very poignant question, which is a pregnant question and one that many people are asking, because I have been critical of some of his policies. Everybody knows that, and he knows it too. Was he happy about that? I don't think so. But let me tell you this. I wouldn't have gotten near any of what happened in the last day had he not pressed that green button. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. It's all up to the boss. I mean, there, you know, you say all the president's men, but it goes ultimately up to him. Here is a man who's conducting world affairs. Here is a man who's got the issue of Iran on his hands, North Korea, an election, fundraising, personal things, family things, grandchild things that we know nothing about. Okay. And he has the dignity and respect for this audience because it's about the audience. It's not about me. Or is it about me and not the audience? I think it's both. And I would say that he extended his hand of friendship, and I will never bite the hand of friendship. Have I been critical of some of his policies? Yes. Will I continue to be? Yes. But it, you people don't understand. Those of you who keep saying, oh, you attack him. You don't understand what it's like to be in the media. The job of the media is to not be a lapdog of anyone. And there's such a thing, for example, of being a good friend who says, now, wait a minute, I don't agree with you on that. How would Donald Trump be, let's turn it around, if I were president or there was another president and he was a major star in radio for 25 years and they got together, what do you think would happen then? What would Donald Trump say to that media personality, to the president, if he was not president? Let me put it to you that way. I mean, I'm not, I'm not glorifying what I might be. I'm not going to run for any office here. Well, I must tell you, after I went to that, that tent in uh, the Palo Alto area, this private estate. I have never seen security like this in my life in both places. I don't know how the police do their job, but I do know this. I, I mean, things are just flowing at me, so let me just speak freely and free associationally as I, as I always do. Driving on the 405 in L.A. in rush hour without a car on the road was one of the most surreal experiences I've ever had in my life. Can you imagine, it was like a science fiction movie where some foreign entity landed from, from the moon in Los Angeles and the high, highways were closed down. And I was saying to the, the drivers, <laughs> these two hard guys, the door in the car I was in was so thick that they said to me, sir, let us open and close it for you. It's rather big. I said, oh, okay, thank you. It's not that I couldn't, but I didn't try. Try opening a bank vault with one hand when your other hand is on a briefcase. 
So we're speeding down this highway, and you should see the the both the idiots and the cheerleaders along the road. And you didn't know what you were going to get. They were not all haters by any means in Los Angeles. If I told you I saw street after street filled with people who love Donald Trump, I would not be lying to you. But you're not going to see that in the L.A. Times. All you're going to see is the boohoo faces and the haters. Or as we pulled out of this big estate, this beautiful estate, at the first fundraiser in the, the Palo Alto Hills, if you want to put it that way, I don't want to get too specific, and you saw the, the people along the roads in this leafy suburban area. They were not all haters. Some of them loved the president. You're not going to see that in the San Francisco Chronicle, but you're going to hear all about it on the Savage Nation. Savage. You know, we're never going to agree on everything, but I think we can all agree uh, that we can all use more sleep, right? Getting a great night's sleep is much easier than ever thanks to the world's softest sheets brought to you by Bowl & Branch. Everything Bowl & Branch makes, from bedding to blankets, is made from pure 100% organic cotton, which means they start out super soft and they get even softer over time. I mean, it's organic cotton. Try to match that one. Everyone who tries Bowl & Branch sheets loves them. That's why they have thousands of five-star reviews. And Forbes, The Wall Street Journal, Fast Company are all talking about Bowl & Branch. Their sheets are even loved by three U.S. presidents. They want you to love your purchase, too. So listen to this. They're offering you a no-risk, 30-day trial, and free shipping. But I doubt that you'll want to send them back. Once you sleep on their sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. So let me get you started right now. Okay? You get $50 off on your first set of sheets at bowlandbranch.com, promo code NATION. Did you hear me? Simple. Go to bowlandbranch.com. For $50 off your first set of sheets, that's B-O-L-L and branch.com, promo code NATION, bowlandbranch.com, promo code NATION, and you will have the softest, sweetest sleep of your life, simply by going to bowlandbranch.com, promo code NATION. This is the Savage Nation. Uh, the uh, edition is the 918-2019 edition. I met some people that I never met before, not only at the fundraiser, some of the finest people on earth. I wish they were my neighbors, particularly the wonderful ladies that I sat next to in that tent in uh, the hills of Palo Alto. I really, really enjoyed meeting you. You're great people, and I hope to get together with you. A woman came up to me. A woman came up to me and said, you said something many years ago. Now she's one of the most from one of the most prominent business families in the world. You you would know the name, but I'm not going to mention it. It's a household name. And she said you said something about my great my grandfather who founded this company many years ago. You said that if he could look down from heaven, he would be turning over in his grave over how the family has become. He said she said I couldn't. I thought she was going to get mad at me. She said I can't agree with you more she said they're all nuts they're crazy she's the only conservative of the whole family could you believe this that was a wonderful experience for me because it means that i'm not alone <laughs> i'm sure you're not alone in your family either it goes on in all families rich poor otherwise but what is it that unites those who would not vote for bernie sanders or for those who see Nadler for what he is, a sack of steaming, a sack of steaming hatred and jealousy, a ticket fixer from Brooklyn, 
attacking the president. What would what would you think people would think about him? They would think I'll vote for anyone but a Democrat because they'll destroy this country. Savage. what I can tell you what I can't tell you so I'll tell you as little as I can while telling you as much as I can I knew I had been invited to the fundraiser in Palo Alto about a week ago because I asked to be invited I said look I've been on the front lines here in the Bay Area for 25 years I'm the lone warrior nobody else does what I do and puts up with the crap that I've had to put up with living here in isolation I said I'd love to go to that they got me on the list, worked the details out, and some of the young people who helped me yesterday, I've never met people like this in my life, staff like I've never met, I don't want to mention anyone's names, they make their life miserable, great, great girls, and um, I don't know how many ways I can say thank you to the police, the highway patrol, the sheriffs in the state of California who do their job under the most horrendous duress you could imagine, but they were happy yesterday. When I was in that car in the in the motorcade going to, I don't know which, I guess it was from where to who. I don't remember where anymore. It's a blur. No, I do remember. We went from, we went from Palo Alto to Moffett Field, which is there's an ironic part to the Moffett Field part of it because Moffett Field is owned by NASA, meaning the federal government. You know who controls it? Google. And Google stands in the way of everything Donald Trump does. They control the field on which Air Force One landed. I don't think people even understand how complex this is and how twisted it is that Google has this much power. But nevertheless, we were going from from Moffett Field to LAX on the big plane, which I'll get back to in a minute, and the hot dog summit. I had the ice cream summit a few years ago. Uh, with the president shortly after he was elected at Mar-a-Lago, where he asked others to leave the table, and he and I just chatted over ice cream, and I never told you what was said. So I'm not going to tell you what was really said yesterday, except in generalities. But I, I think I can fairly say to you, we took off, blah, blah, blah. I sit in the boardroom with some nice people who had me on the plane, and they told me, you will meet the president shortly. And I remember the flight was, what, 20, 30 minutes? I don't even know how long it was. It was a blur on this behemoth. I mean, I've flown in 747s before. I remember when these planes first came out in 1970, the greatest plane ever made. I love it to this day. I remember when they had bars on the top of the 747s because I have been known to drink my way from uh, Nandy to Honolulu on a 747. While others went to sleep, I was upstairs drinking beer with the pilot. <laughs> I'm joking. No, but we, we did have bars on the old 747s, but I'm getting ahead of myself or getting behind myself. So this flying whale of an airplane, the greatest airplane in the world, and they're building a new one, I hear, right? They're building a whole new Air Force One for the president when he's around in 10, 20 years still in... <laughs> he, he, he joked about that a few times. He's oh, he says, when I get up there and I say, well, when I leave office in, I don't know, two, six or 10 years, they go crazy. He said, look, look, he's not going to leave office. They're not going to leave. He's not going to leave office. He knows how crazy they are. But the reason that the folks who came to his fundraiser in New Mexico, why the audience was 40% Hispanic, most of whom were Democrats, is quite simple. Because the other side is so damn crazy and so un-American that they made a decision. I see a change going on here. 
after these two Democrat debates, I've seen the country change. I'm on the front lines. I'm telling you people who were sitting on the sidelines and were only buying the garbage put out by the filth in the media. They woke up. They realized there's going to be no country left if any of these idiots get elected. Here is Bernie Sanders, who's a joke unto himself. And I got to tell you something. The president laughed to me a little bit about him, but he said, he said to the audience, actually, he said, you know, I got to respect Bernie Sanders waving his arms, screaming and yelling, sore throat. At least he's still fighting. I mean, the guy's a complete lunatic. Everyone knows that. Here is Bernie Sanders in clip two, and now you will know why America is turning to Donald Trump. Listen to O2 and tell me if you disagree. I am, some of you know, supportive of a Medicare for all single-payer system, and that means that everybody in the country has health care, including the undocumented. And mark my words, you see 30-second ads. Everyone, non-citizens. And then you'll see another set of 30-second ads, because when I say I want to make public colleges and universities tuition free that also includes the undocumented now, what are you whispering what are you as whispering soon as possible the undocumented will not be undocumented uh, that's the goal and i'll tell you what i hope bernie i hope that one day very soon you are undocumented and a man without a country because that's where the hell you belong you you marxist d-bag you i can't stand this man i come from new york i know what loser communists look like sound like walk like talk like these are the men who never did anything in their lives these are the men who were jealous of their brother-in-laws and their cousins who had better suits better wives better cars and better shoes these are the losers of the world the worst people on the planet as exemplified by this old bum a bum who never held a job in his life a man a bum who never produced a product or a service that anybody ever needed. So he doesn't want any deportations. It gets worse, though, about, about the other side. If you could believe what I'm about to play would be heard in America. I don't know how you could believe it, but here's Ilhan Omar, the most ungrateful immigrant in the history of America, a woman with whom we made the greatest mistake by letting an enemy within into this country. And then by a fluke of the psycho-liberals in her district making her what she is, a congresswoman from Minnesota. Listen to what she says in clip four. Here, wait, you got to hear it first. Go ahead, listen to it. Make sure you're voting. Uh, make sure you understand why you're voting. God expects us to do the righteous work. Um, and so God what? does not expect you to vote for people who will ultimately hurt um, you and other humans around you. That's a sitting member of Congress. First of all, I don't believe she knows who God is. I don't think she worships God. I think she worships the devil because I think she's the devil's spawn personally. Anyone who could be led into a nation out of the kindness of the heart of the nation and be given a golden passport to everything and become a congresswoman and who spits on the country, spits on the flag, spits on the president, spits, spits on white people, anyone who is that does not talk to God as far as I am concerned. She talks to anti-God and so therefore what I'm saying to you is the other side is so anti-American that those who were waiting it out until they saw these debates a few weeks ago they made a decision they're not going to set this election out they're going to vote for Donald Trump that's what I think but again I'm getting ahead of myself I want to talk a little more personally let me tell you a few more images just for a moment as an immigrant son what it was like yesterday because See, I take two days to absorb anything that happens to me. I mean, unless it's almost a mortal wound, which I haven't had. 
I've been hit by cars twice. I've fallen off a cliff once. I've been knocked down and bounced up, but I don't feel it until two days later. I have tremendous barriers that I've built up over the years. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? I built up cushions and barriers inside my psyche. It takes two days. I won't even know what really happened and how it affected me till tomorrow. I'm still in L.A., by the way, broadcasting from a secret location, and it's still all a blur and a dream. So I'm going to again speak to you in a free associational manner. And things may not connect directly. While I ask you to hold, please, if you've called, I'll be with you until uh, another hour and and 20 minutes here. Take your calls as soon as I can. I remember this. So we're sitting in the boardroom, and I guess a light lunch was served. I didn't even eat much of it. It was some cheesy stuff I can't eat. I don't like the taste of it. I had some prosciutto, which I liked. I said, yeah, get me the prosciutto. Then I said, by the way, I've been up since 5 in the morning, young lady. I haven't had a thing to eat today except whatever. Do you have any wine on this plane? Oh, yeah, whatever you want. We got a full. Now, the president doesn't drink, by the way, which is why he can do all this work he does. But since I am only a talk show host, I drink. What would you like? I said, just a Sauvignon Blanc will be great. Fine. So it comes out. Don't know what it was. I really wasn't that picky. I didn't ask for the vintage. I didn't ask to see the bottle. I didn't swirl the glass. Okay. You know the type, don't you? The ponytailed uh, patron in the restaurant. Swirl the glass like he knows what he's smelling. If you know where that nose was the night before, you know he can't smell anything. But no, I didn't ask to swirl the glass. I drank it. And before I finished it, they come down and say, okay, the president's ready to see you. So, okay, now I go into the, the, the head guy's office on the plane. There were three other people. They sat on a sofa. He motioned to a seat next to him like the grilling chair, right to the left where the guest would sit. He went like this with the hand, pointed, <laughs> basically sit there, you. And uh, I will not say what transpired, but I, I made him strong stuff. <laughs> Another man would have buckled and ran out of there crying in a way. But you know something? I made him strong stuff. I had a very stern father, so let me put it to you this way. It's not what I... It's, I expected what went on. It wasn't bad. It was great. So then, I, I think I can tell you this. Two hot dogs are delivered for the president. Delicious on buns, and I'm starving at this point. And I'm feeling no pain. So he looks at me. He must have seen my eyes dart at the hot dogs. And he's very sensitive. He says, you want one? And it, it was his lunch. I said, sure. So he takes one off his plate delicately on another plate. The valet brings a plate, and he says to me, do you want mustard or ketchup? He says, no, you don't want that ketchup with sugar on it, do you? I don't know how he knows this, but I will tell you this. I found out that they know what I say on the radio, as you might expect. This show is heard around the world. As you heard before, the shot that was heard around the world. Back in a minute. Savage. Talkers Magazine, I have about 7.5 million listeners uh, a week to this show. It's not the number one radio show anymore, nor even number three, because I went from a three-hour show to a one-hour show. Now I'm back to a two-hour show. Things have changed. 
And for political reasons, I've been taken off some big stations, but my streaming numbers are enormous. But nevertheless, the show is still a monster show. Don't underestimate it. And if it wasn't a monster show, I wouldn't have been on Air Force One yesterday. Let's put it to you that way, just in case you want to, uh, uh, I can't say family show yourself, uh, pleasure yourself with thinking otherwise. Let's put it to you that way. That's a Twain-esque way of saying, you know what you could do if you don't like me and you don't like my show. Okay? But that's as far as I'll go right now. So anyway, back to the hot dogs for a minute. I want to show you how generous this man is. You say it's a big deal giving you a hot dog? Yes. Yes, it's a big deal sharing a plate of food with a stranger when you're the king of the world, (laughs) when you think about it. So he got two hot dogs delivered, and he sees my eyes dart because I was hungry. Would you like one? Yes. The valet come over again and put one on the plate. Ketchup and mustard. No, you don't want the, the, the ketchup, mustard, blah, blah, blah. He dollops out the mustard for me from his plate. I'm showing you a certain humility and generosity that you may not be aware of. And you say it's in the little things that you can see a person's behavior. I doubt very much that Obama would have taken mustard from his plate and given it to anyone or shared a hot dog with anyone or whatever. He eats a tofu dog. If that's what he eats, it would explain why he looks so emaciated. But here's the interesting part. I'm from Queens, but I grew up on the other side of Union Turnpike from the president. He delicately cut his hot dog in pieces, which is very interesting to me, and ate them with a knife and fork. I ate it like I was at a baseball game because I never saw a hot dog eaten with a knife and fork. I put the mustard on it, and I stuck, you know, stuffed it in my mouth and ate it, chomped on it. I was delicious. All those squirting hot juices. I know you're going to run out and get hot dogs after this. Everyone's going to want a hot dog now, veggie dog. I know you can't help it. It's a power suggestion. But the president cut his hot dog in a piece, then knife, fork, fork into mouth, eat. I never saw anyone cut a hot dog. Have you? Come on, Jim, in your life. Well, that's because he grew up on the other side of the tracks. But it's interesting how we wound up in the same place at the same time sharing his lunch because he's a very generous man and a very down-to-earth man, by the way. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Suits. It is the Savage Nation. Come fly with me today. Come on, let's fly. Again, you're going to have more questions than I uh, am able to answer today, but go ahead and phone me at 855. Did I say phone me? Phone me at 855-407-282. Phone me at 855-400-SAVAGE and ask anything you like about my meeting with the president yesterday. What I can tell you and what I can't is one thing, two things. Air Force One, not talk about it. You heard already all you're going to hear. The Osprey from uh, LAX to Santa Monica was quite an experience. But the crowds at the fundraisers are the interesting part. You say, well, they're the loyalists. They chose to pay to see him. They love him. That doesn't indicate anything. Well, yes and no. I would say yes and no. But how about the streets on the way with the motorcade? When the beast was going down the street with the entourage of cars, 
I don't know how many cars, black cars. I was in one of them. It was astounding to see because I've seen them in movies, but to be sitting in one of them and then looking out at the, st- the street and the crowds, and I want to thank the, the California Highway Patrol, the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department, the San Mateo Sheriff's Department, all the local police departments. I never saw a job like this done in my life. But one of the joyous moments for me was watching the CHP guys shoot by on their motorcycles because I know how, how tied up they are by the by the uh, great geniuses who run this state. It's just great to see police let free to be who they are, as exemplified by them speeding down the highway. I mean, the 405 in rush hour without a car on the highway is something I never saw except in like a movie set of like a, you know, a moon landing. Some Somebody from a foreign planet landed on the... So here we are. But at one of the fundraisers, it was in L.A., I believe, not in San Mateo, a woman gets up. He opened it up to questions to the audience, right? One woman gets up and she starts to cry. I mean, she couldn't control herself. And she said, Mr. President, the man who murdered my son is getting out of jail in two and a half months because of Governor Newsom. She's an angel mom. You wouldn't hear about that from Bernie or Ilhan Omar or any other compassionate liberals. You wouldn't hear about that from Gavin Newsom. An illegal alien killed her son, and he's about to be released from prison on the streets again. She said, Mr. President, what can you do for me? What could he do? Tell me what he can do. Tell me what he can do in a situation when you have such left-wing lunatics releasing illegal alien murderers on the streets. Tell me what you can do in a country like this. There's only one thing you can do, and that's what people are doing. They're going to vote for him. I'm telling you, I see something changing in the country. You may say, ah, you're just going on and on. You got the hot dog. You're on the plane. You got the helicopter. So you're, you're, oh, all of that is true, but I'm still very objective. I am as objective as you are, by the way. Many of you are subjective because you don't know what's going on. Well, you know what's going on from your perspective, the listener to this show, certainly. But let me tell you, I have a unique perspective. I'm both inside and outside the media. And the fact of the matter is, when you're sitting in one of those cars going down the highways and on the local roads and you see people on the side of the road in L.A. and you think they're all going to be holding up evil, ugly signs and they are not all holding up evil, ugly signs. When you see school children cheering the president's motorcade as it goes by and you're not going to see that on the evening news or any of the cable channels, but I saw it. Something's going on in this country. And it's going in the other direction. It's going in our direction. It's going in our. It's going in the direction of America's survival. But why is it changed so quickly? After two and a he- half years of relentless hatred, two and a half years of the false witch hunt, two and a half years of threatening to put this president in prison and his children in prison, two and a half years of lies about Russia collusion, blow blew up in their faces. And immediately went from that to something else because they're pure evil, pure unadulterated garbage. But I'll tell you the truth. I think the American people waited this out. They didn't know what to think. The media is so powerful. They didn't know what to think. They created a lie and they went on and on. As Hitler's Goebbels said, if you tell a lie often enough, it becomes the truth. So Wolf Blitzer and all the others in the media and his boss who belongs in prison, Jeff Zucker belongs in prison for what he's doing to this country. Jeff Zucker, who runs, I think he runs CNN. I don't know what he runs, but a guy like this who uses the power of the media to knowingly falsify reality about a president and about the country, to me, is committing a crime against the nation. And you know, I know what the First Amendment is. 
But the greatest defense in the First Amendment is the truth. But you do not have a blanket permission. You do not have blanket permission to lie and to fabricate and to create lies. No, you don't have that, Jeff. I don't know where you went to high school. And I don't know who your rotten mother was. I don't know who your stinking father was. I don't know who your communist relatives were, Jeff. But you blubberhead, you. Your day will come. Jeff Zucker, listen to me and everyone else in the media. Pay close attention. Laugh at me if you want. Because when Donald Trump wins again, and he will, you're going to have to pay for what you have done to this country. Forget Donald Trump for one minute. You have weakened this nation internationally. You have emboldened our enemies to think that we are a weak nation with a criminal in the White House. That's what you have done to this country. And you're going to pay for it. You're going to pay for this legally one way or the other, as sure as I'm standing here. So go ahead. Keep spreading your lies right up until the election. Keep bringing in as many illegals as you can because they're the only ones who believe a word you have to say. They're the only ones who believe you anymore. You think that everyone who's Hispanic is an idiot that you're going to manipulate because their skin. You want to talk about racism? Here you've got white racist left-wingers who think that because someone's brown-skinned or black-skinned, they own them. You want to talk about racism. How much more racist can you get than white liberals like Bernie Sanders talking to Hispanics like they own them? Well, let me tell you something. 40% of that crowd in New Mexico was Hispanic. They've awakened to what's going on in this country. And let me tell you something else. They don't believe there are 100 genders. The Hispanic people do not believe there are 100 genders. And they want their boy to go into a boy's room and their girl to go in a girl's bathroom. I'm giving, I'm giving you, make, make it very simple for you. And they have been more affected by the illegal aliens than you have. They know what decimation it's doing to their community. They know it. And they don't want the country that they ran from coming here to America. That's why they left those hell holes. Do you understand that? Can you get it through your thick heads, you leftists? You don't own the Hispanics. You don't own the black people. You don't own the Asians. And there are plenty of Asians in the audience at these events that I was at. Indian people. Oh, God, it was amazing to see. It was 100% white. It wouldn't matter to me, but it wasn't. You see the love in their eyes. They're looking like, please save us. People who fled communism, please save us. People who came from Russia. People who came from the Middle East. Praying that the president doesn't let these vermin take over the country. Now, what evidence do I have as to what I am saying is true? Here's a woman crying that the illegal alien who killed her son is getting out of jail in two and a half months because of uh, Gavin Newsom and the psychotic laws of the state of California. And she's begging the president, please do something. Now, when you listen to the other side, I want you to listen to Bernie Sanders, perhaps the most evil man in the history of this government because of what he's done to poison the minds of young people. Bernie Sanders is the Pied Piper of communism. Bernie Sanders is the Pied Piper of everything evil in the world. Bernie Sanders represents everything that will destroy this nation down to its down to its foundational stones. Listen to him in clip one. Listen to this man. So we are going to end the ICE raids, which are terrorizing communities all across this country. We are going to impose a moratorium on deportations. And we are going, going to, to, as I mentioned, uh, and that's, you know, there's some things that a president can do with executive orders and something you can't. Well, that's true. Some things can be done with an executive order, Bernie, and one of them may be applied to you when Donald Trump gets a second term. 
there are executive orders about seditious behavior, things of that nature. And if I have any influence, you're going to be charged with sedition for what you have said and done to this country. You know, when I look at the Democrat Party, I don't care about liberals. It doesn't bother me. I came from a liberal family. It's no secret. I'm an immigrant son, and they were all liberals. But they weren't psychotics. They loved America. I come from immigrant parents who loved America. They were liberals, but they weren't psychotics who hated America. They were immigrants and liberal, but they understood there are laws of the land that you have to respect. And they were not people who would have ever voted for anyone who said that they are pandering to people who are not even citizens, offering to give away benefits, health care, college, you name it for free, to non-citizens. No one can believe this is going on in this time. However, this is a good thing in a strange way. That's why things are changing in America. That is why I saw what I saw yesterday. You know, it reminded me in reverse, I'm a filmic person, of a scene out of the, was it The Godfather when uh, Michael Corleone goes to Cuba to do the deal with um, the Maya Lansky character played by the great uh, uh, acting teacher. So when he arrives in Havana in his little motorcade, the Michael Corleone character, remember that? Well, the motorcade is stopped on the way to, to the, wherever he's going to the hotel, and the rebels, this is before the, the, uh, the Castro revolution took over the uh, country and destroyed it. The rebels are in the street, and they uh, this, and he asked the driver what's going on. He says, oh, it's just those rebels. They're causing a little blockade. And the next thing you know, one of the rebels screams, viva la this, viva la that, and blows himself up with a hand grenade. So the driver says, oh, don't worry about it. They're just crazy. And Corleone then doesn't say anything, the character. But then he goes and meets the Maya Lansky character. And later on in the movie, as Mario Puzo wrote the script, great writer, he says, you know, I saw something today that worries me, and that is if the rebels are willing to kill themselves, you know what I'm saying, for their cause, they're a real worry to me. I will reverse that for you. And I will tell you, if former Democrats are willing to vote Republican for Donald Trump, these Democrats are in real trouble. This is the reverse of that movie. When you have Hispanic crowds of the size that you saw in New Mexico, clamoring for Donald Trump to save them from the psychosis of the left wing, as presented by the fool's on the Democrat side, that is that scene in reverse. The only thing here is the Democrats don't know what happened to them. They are so in, in, invested in their own lies that they think they're speaking the truth to most of the American people because they open a newspaper and the newspaper repeats the big lie. They turn on the TV, CNN, Jeff Zucker's lying machine, and there they are, Jake Tapper, a disgrace to humanity. A disgrace to the DNA of his ancestors who fled every pogrom in the world to come here and have him become a pogromite. That's right. You don't like that? You don't like that? What's his name? A disgrace. They taught him how to make a tie. Suddenly became a newscaster. Jake Tapper. A disgrace to your ancestors. A pox upon you, Jake Tapper, what you are doing to this country. You think I don't know who you are? You think I don't know what you say? I know that you know what I say, and you think I'm a marginalized person. You're wrong, Jake. I'm more revered than you are. My audience may not be the largest, but it's probably the most loyal audience in the media right now. Do you know that? I mean, I am very blessed right now. And how much longer after this election I will do radio, no one knows. I don't know. But I'll tell you right now, I've come through a tunnel. I've come through a very dark tunnel where there was no light. 
I came out of it. I rebuilt my career. I went to two hours from one. The podcast is, is breaking records. Something is going on in this country because I'm in this right through the election. That's all I can say to you right now. After the election, I can't promise you anything, nor can anyone else in the media. I don't care what they say to you. Everyone's in this right up to the end, right up until the, the election. I'm in it a thousand percent right now because I, I want to see this victory again because, boy, the next four years, oh, my God, is there going to be a cleaning of the house? Oh, oh, man. Well, I hope I'm around to see it because I'll ask the president to make one appointment to me for me. And it's not in the sciences or in the animal world. Right now, there's something more important. I'd like to run HUAC for him. I don't know if an outside individual can run the House of Un-American Activities Committee. Please, uh, let's consider it. I'm not a sitting congressman or senator, but I'm a citizen of the United States who is sick and tired of the criminals in the media. And I would like to see them pay for what they've done to this nation's honor. And you think I'm alone, don't you? You think it's just hot air coming out of a, a, a talk show host. You are so wrong. There are men and women in this country boiling. Their blood is boiling over what they see, the lies, the hatred, the outright criminality. They want justice. They want vengeance. They want payback. And make no mistake about it, one way or the other, these things have a way of surfacing. Savage. The time is short and the listener lines are long. And uh, if you've been listening, you know what we're talking about. Some people were at the luncheons and they're on the line right now. And I want to say this right now. Uh, tomorrow, if you were at any of these fundraisers and you want to describe what you saw, what you felt, what you heard, you'll get on the show tomorrow. I'm going to spend the whole day talking about what you saw. Because I'm speaking about what I saw. I love someone tweeted to me. Oh, El Rushpo says he heard that Donald Trump was better than ever in his speech to 400 last night. Yeah, but he wasn't there. I was. What do you mean he heard? I'm sorry to say he couldn't hear number one. And number two, he wasn't there. Don't you love how he has to try to make believe he's everywhere and he does everything? Okay, fine. I got it. I got it out of my system. Let's go to the callers. Phoebe in California, line six. Phoebe, you're on the Savage Nation. Go ahead, please. Michael, I was there yesterday at the location that you were at in uh, the Bay Area, and it was an amazing experience. I was so lucky to be one of the people that was there. The president. What, what did you feel from the president when he spoke? What did you feel? You know, first of all, when he first came up there, I, I was emotional because it was an emotional experience for me, but he was very generous. Yeah, I, I try to say to people, and they don't understand it, and I don't know that it's limited to this president because the most loyal people do not see them as, as mortal human beings. It was more like a religious experience than it was a political rally, wouldn't you say? Yes, it was. He was yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yes, the people were hanging on his every breath because they're counting on him to save the American way from those who would bring us the Marxian way. Savage. And when you have a very determined minority, in this case, wealthy white men and wealthy white Christian men and Christian Americans who are of the fundamentalist variety, Drop who are dead. very clear that no matter Drop what dead. happens, if they have to pull the South Africa model to Drop make him power forever... 
They will Drop do it. Dead. And they're not afraid of it. And they're open, open about it. And Donald Trump is merely the avatar for this. He Drop didn't create dead. it. He simply benefited from it. So now, again, you see openly the MSNBC crowd of psychotic America haters, male haters, white haters, Christian haters, openly going to where they've been all along, openly showing, nakedly showing you who they are, what they're going to do, if you give any of them the power to do it. I don't even know who this is from MSNBC, nor do I care. They're now targeting white Christian Americans. And I'll say again how any male, any white Christian heterosexual male could ever vote for a Democrat is a mark of mental illness to me. And I'll leave it at that. Let's take some callers who were actually at the event yesterday, the two events. If you have any specific questions for me that I haven't raised or answered, uh, I'll be glad to try to do it. I cannot say certain, certain things, certain things I can. I don't think I've gone over the line by talking about the hot dogs. I hope not. But we went from the ice cream summit at Mar-a-Lago two years ago to this. I don't need another summit. You know, I want to ask you something if you're listening to this show. You know me now. You're a listener of the show for many years. Most of you who hang on this show and count on it. The Bay Area, by the way, the numbers don't even project what this show means to the people. Because ratings are very, very imprecise to begin with in radio. Everyone knows that. Wherever I go, people listen to this show. When I walked into that tent yesterday the first one in Palo Alto in the hills. And I had one occasion after we were circulating, having drinks. I had no drinks. It was too early. But afterwards, when we went into the tent where the place settings were for those who were there, and we're waiting for the president. He was late, by the way, because it was just delayed, whatever it was. And um, people were waiting, you know, very pleasant. I had occasion because they sat me way over in a certain front area to walk through the crowd. They broke into cheers. I asked him if I'm making it up. And I had to turn around in the crowd and I because they're my listeners on KSFO, the radio, the great radio station that I began on. I had to turn to the crowd and said, please don't do this. If the president hears that I'm this popular, he's gonna get mad at me. They laughed, they got the joke, but they understood they understood the truth of the issue. I wasn't looking for any accolades. I was looking to just be there and see what the crowd was going to, you know, express. It was awesome to be there. Chantry, California, line eight. Go ahead, please. Which event were you at? I was in the uh, hills um, under the tent with you. Okay. You uh, okay. brought yourself a bag and some change of clothing, and I tried very hard to dodge all the strict restrictions. That oh, you were the lady who helped me with my bag? I was Mrs. Volunteer, yes. Oh, you had a card that said volunteer. Without you, I wouldn't have gotten through that event because I, I didn't know what to do with that bag. Well, you know, it's, it, as a female, I can understand when you have too much to carry, well, you know, what, what a burden it can be. I, I, Shantri, I got to tell you, first of all, thank you, number one. But number two, I didn't know I was going to L.A. until I got to uh, Palo Alto. That's okay. I didn't know I was going to Palo Alto. And so I figured I would bring I would bring only one. I, I brought my suit in the bag, actually. And I changed my street clothing in the car. A guy was driving me, and I changed into the suit in the car. That's all I had in the bag were my street clothes. I had no overnight stuff because I, I didn't know if I was going to the last second. That's how difficult this was. I was walking a tightrope for 24 hours. Something tells me you, 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 you walk it with a plum. Well, I didn't have a plum, but I had a banana. <laughs> and a hot dog. I, no, I, that was later on. 
What did you see in the crowd of those who uh, were at that event? What did you see and feel? Oh, well, if I didn't have such blisters by the time I got home, I would have sworn I was walking on air. It was an amazing energy and like you said the diversity the age diversity the ethnicity diversity the gender diversity there was there was one of everybody there that i could possibly think of and they were all all in for president trump it was really energetic and wonderful well how about him how did he sound to you i'm going to say i haven't said yet how i what i observed two and a half years of lies hatred threatening him threatening his son threatening to put his children in jail two and a half years of the big lie it would take a toll on anyone. I've seen him over the years. I saw him before it. I saw it during it. Now I saw him after. He's never looked stronger. Chantry, he never looked stronger to me than yesterday. And you are so up close and personal. You have to know in your heart of hearts how much deceit and lying there is in the media to show everybody enjoys being around the president. Everybody likes him. They get along with him. He gets along with them. He's a generous, gracious man. It's, uh, it's amazing how... They have tried to bring him down, and maybe he, maybe this. Why? Why is it that that um, the crowd at MSNBC and CNN in particular? Why do they hate him? Oh, I assume that he is rendering their rending their power from them. I've never seen hatred like this. I've seen Nixon never. as president. I've seen them just try to destroy Reagan, Nixon, but I've never seen it reach this level, this guttural, vicious that. level. Never, never. I, grad, I graduated from college uh, in the early 80s, went straight to, as a political science major. I went straight to D.C., worked on the Hill for a senator from California at the time. Oh. And um, so I've been in politics a long time. And this is Oh, you did work for a senator. I did. Can you say, can you say for whom? Pete Wilson. Oh, he was great. Mm-hmm. You so think, I would, be a, you think I, I would be a good senator? Oh, boy, yes. I would. You know, sometimes I think about it, but I'm not ready for it. I would love to topple that fool on the hill. Well, you say you're not ready for it. I would love to topple that fool on the hill. She's been in power for so long. No one even knows what corruption is until I actually study uh, California politics. That's my next question to you. Is there any hope of saving and bringing back California to where it should be? No, because Gav- Governor Newsom is a product of this corruption. Governor Newsom is a product of the SEIU and the illegal alien machine. Governor Newsom, the mayor of San Francisco, the mayor of Los Angeles, the two clowns who you call senators, you know, clowns for life. We have no representation here because they don't want us to have any representation. They believe in fascism. They believe in a dictatorship as exemplified by the one-party system they've created not only in California. And look at the mess they've made. I wouldn't mind so much if they seized power and were able to run the city, the state rather. They've destroyed the state. It's, it's heartbreaking. And they've destroyed San Francisco. They've destroyed Los Angeles. Do you think the average person doesn't know that this is a result of a liberalism? They know it. They're ready for a change. Uh, that's why I'm, I'm hoping. I don't know. I don't know how it can happen when they, when they control the voting booth, when they're allowed to use illegal aliens, when they're allowed to bust illegals to the polls. You know, the president said something at the second fundraiser, which I think he's on record for. He said he's in favor of voter ID. Did you know that? I, de- I did know that, and I am also in favor of that. Without voter ID, we cannot turn California or America around. With voter ID, the average American can, have, can be franchised again. We've been disenfranchised by the millions of illegal aliens who have voted and are voting in our elections, which is why the Bernie Sanders wing 
the Elizabeth Warren wing of the illegitimate Democrat Party catered to them because they understand that without them, they wouldn't even be where they are. Anyway, I want to thank you for uh, being Mrs. Volunteer. I assume you're a Mrs., correct? Correct, yes. Uh, because I met Mr. Volunteer, remember? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so this lady had a sign, and she said, let me help you, and it said, it said Volunteer. So I said, let me call you Mrs. Volunteer. So then later on, she introduced her husband. I said, hello, what's your name? He said, Mr. Volunteer. It was very funny. <laughs> I have met the nicest people on earth. I want to thank you again, Chantry. I hope, we, I hope our paths cross again. New Mexico. We got a caller from New Mexico, California. Linda in California. Go ahead. What were your observations, please? Is that me? I'm Linda. Yes, Linda, fire away. Yes, yes, yes. This is Linda from Martinez, California. My husband and I were there yesterday. It was the most phenomenal event. Like you said, Donald Trump was on fire. He looked wonderful. Everybody was fired up. It was, he looked wonderful, right? They didn't. Was, not only did they not defeat him, but the pain they inflicted on him has come and gone. This man is stronger than ever. You know, there's a saying that which does not kill you makes you stronger. Correct? Yes. And what they did to him, or tried to do to him and his sons in particular, is going to come back to haunt them for the rest of their life. Because you know, there's a law in human in nature and human nature which says what goes around comes around. What goes around comes around. Let's see if Nadler could take this. You know, I, I even said that to several people yesterday. I said, are you telling me that this ticket fixer from Brooklyn, this low-life Nadler, I look at him and I know who he is. I know him. I look at him. He's a low-life night school lawyer from New York. You're telling me this man has no skeletons in his closet? How did he get where he is? He owes favors to somebody. He did something that's wrong somewhere. I can guarantee you that if we got three high-powered lawyers and they looked into the background of anyone listening to this show, no matter how crispy clean you are, they could, they could crucify you if they wanted. Do you know that? I want to know why Donald Trump has not found those three lawyers to look into the liars like Nadler, for example. And by the way, while we're talking, whatever happened to that one from Southern California who was out to stab him in the back every day? Where did he go? Does anyone remember him? What's his name? You had Nadler in one, and then there was the guy from Southern California. What's his name? Schiff, Shifter. Shifty Schiff. Where did he go? I don't see him anymore. Did somebody get to him? Did somebody pull out a skeleton from Halloween and hang it in front of his uh, closet? Because I don't see Schiff anymore uh, pulling his games. New Mexico, Brad, line six. Go ahead, please. You're on the Savage Nation. Savage, what a treat to talk to you. Yeah, I was at the um, Santa Ana... Um, activity center and saw Trump. I brought my 87-year-old mother and a friend. Wait, this, this is in New Mexico, right? Yeah, yeah, Albuquerque. It's Albuquerque. It's a suburb of Albuquerque. Right. It was great. It was absolutely fantastic. And I was told that about 35-40% of the audience were Hispanic. Is that correct? Well, yeah, you you say Hispanic, and, and you also include in that a lot of Native Americans. I mean, there are a lot of Native Americans, a lot of Asians, a lot of Filipinos that I saw and talked to. Why do you think that they're, they're turning towards, why do you think they're turning towards the Republican Party right now? What's going on in your analysis? Uh, honestly, I think they're just waking up, and, and they see it as a point of pride. I mean, they don't want to be treated like a group in a silo. Uh-huh, like they're owned by Bernie Sanders and that mob. They're owned by them. By the great white father has a plantation, and they're on the plantation, and they'll do what they're told, right? Right. That is not the way the people out here are. First of all, they're Westerners, you know. 
and Westerners don't think like that. No, they're very independent. They're very independent-minded, and they happen to like a little bit of a rebel. They don't like a machine politician telling them what to do. Well, that wraps that up. It's the Savage Nation. The phone number here is 855-4728. There are some news stories I have not yet gotten to, which I'm going to get to in my take on them, and I get around. Let's see what's going on now. In, uh, Bolton unloads on President. I'm on the Drudge Report. He gets the best news right away. Bolton unloads on President. He was a backstabbing vermin from the beginning. Bolton was a weasel and a worm from the day I met him. Anyone in radio supports him, by the way. You know what I say? Birds of a feather fly together. That's all I can say. Who would support Bolton when he's doing this to the president? Beyond What does this say about a man that he gets fired and then all of a sudden he's, he's the most disloyal man on the planet? And who supports him in the radio business? Phonies! Phonies. Fed cuts rate again. Global slowdown. GDP 2.2% Trump anger. Well, we're going to go into negative interest rates soon. I'll talk about the. What about Bibi uh, Netanyahu in the Middle East? I know you're going to get mad at me if I say it. And I'll say it, which I said yesterday, because people ask me about it. I'm top people said, what do you think? I said, it's time for him to move on. He's been president of Israel for 10 years. Power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. It's time for him to move on. There are other war heroes, which does not diminish Netanyahu's heroism, nor his greatness as a, as a leader of Israel. But it's time already. Do you know if I said this straight up, and I think I said it maybe in uh, where I shouldn't have. I said, you know, if there were no term limits, Obama would still be president. I said, if we did not have term limits in this country, he would have been president for the next 40 years. So thank God we have term limits. Why doesn't Israel have term limits, I said. They sure need them. Savage. Ladies and gentlemen, the president of the Savage States of America. All right, thank you very much. Please be seated. I do not have Air Force One at my disposal, but I have Southwest One, where I buy a ticket like everyone else and uh, get my free drink coupon like everybody else and clamor to get to the front of the plane like everyone else and wait for my bags like everyone else. Uh, that's the way it is. So today in the Savage Nation, we've talked about my meeting the president, invited on Air Force One, the hot dog summit. I didn't talk about the Osprey from LAX to Santa Monica. Very exciting. Being on the 405 without traffic at rush hour, awesome, like a science fiction movie. I talked about the, the speeches and the crowd's response. The, by the way, take this away, if you will. The president looks stronger than ever. He looks better than he did when I first met him. You know, they say that which does not kill you makes you stronger. They tried to kill him. They tried to destroy him and his family, and they failed. The guy's stronger than ever. He looks great. Now, we're going to have more questions over time. We'll go on to other topics. But right now, I want you to go to michaelsavage.com. And here are the stories. There's a picture of me up, up, and away. Below it is Sanders' campaign racked by dissension. Communist group torches U.S. flag in protest of Trump's Los Angeles visit. Let him drop dead, all of them. If it was up to me, there would be no permission to burn American flags. It would not be a First Amendment right, and they'd be in jail. But okay, I don't run things. I'm only a talk show host. How about you? You like people uh, able to burn a flag? I don't. Not my flag. Trump warns homelessness is destroying San Francisco. He's 100% right. Democratic megadonor Ed Buck charged with allegedly operating drug den, nearly killing man with meth injection. But the picture does not show that Ed Buck did this to black men, because that would be a little too clear for those of you out there who are a little fogged. Caught on camera, Jewish man ambushed, attacked by a gang of suspects on Brooklyn Street. Again, it's the same a group of suspects 
in terms of a generic type. There is a war going on in the streets of America, egged on by the vermin on the left, egged on by the communists on the left, egged on by the Bernie Sanders brigades, egged on by those whose teeth are falling out. It won't go on for long. Meanwhile, Biden promises to put 720 million U.S. women to work. You want him to be your president? Well, go to the same nut house he's going to be in. The Westwood One Podcast Network. <laughs>